The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And we are on with WISN and WIBA. It is the Retirement Clinic. Thanks for joining us live in studio this weekend, hosted by John White and Marie McFarlane. And we say welcome back and good morning to both of you. Mics are on, right? So we can hear you? Yes, can you hear me? How are you, Marie? (laughs) I'm doing great. How are you? Good. A familiar voice. You hear Marie Monday through Friday doing market updates uh, during the programming. Mark Belling show and, of course, in Madison during the Vicki McKenna show. John White, same thing. You do the market updates and it's great to see you again. Yeah, thanks for having me in. It's a beautiful... Well, we had a storm earlier this morning. Oh, my gosh. Saturday. So I came here and it was downpouring sideways, you know, those whipping winds. And just like that, it got beautiful out. And it's going to be sunny and 80 the rest of the day. I'll take it. Same. No complaints. Father's Day weekend. Hope everybody's having a great weekend so far. All you dads out there, relax, sit back. It's your day tomorrow. Today you got to work. Yeah. (laughs) And tomorrow you probably have to grill. (laughs) That's usually how it it goes. Dads don't really get it. I think Father's Day is kind of overshadowed by Mother's Day. That's just my opinion. Right? Mother's Day, did you know, is the biggest Hallmark Day of the year? That makes sense. Yeah. The most cards, not Christmas. It's Mother's Day. So, And I think I heard randomly, not to be too off topic, but that men spend, like sons spend more on their moms than daughters do. Oh, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Although I got a nice DeWalt hedge trimmer for Father's Day this Aww. year. It was an early gift, a combined birthday, and yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah, sounds so like now, a nice one. Well, it's just more yard work for me to do. <laughs> but I'm okay with that. I love doing yard work. A little therapeutic for me. So John White and Marie McFarland for the next hour uh, we have a lot coming up. We'll hear from Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute. That's for business owners. You guys are headquartered, as Jeff Kowal would say, world headquarters in Waukesha, up in Ozaukee County, a Port Washington office, beautiful view of Lake Michigan, Phoenix, Arizona, and of course, that beautiful view of Highway 20, as Aaron Spitzner would say, you're in Racine as well. The website, thekowalway.com, all of that. Oh, on social media too, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. It's all at thekowalway.com. You can link up to everything there, phone numbers. But to start the show, behavioral finance, John, you've got a topic for us. Yeah, so this is a growing field of economics and finance. And there's a little bit of history behind this, how this all got started. There was a gentleman by the name of Richard Thaler And uh, one time him and his friend were going to go to a basketball game in New York and it was a horrible blizzard that evening and they decided not to go. But then his friend said to Richard, but we would have gone if we had bought tickets. And (laughs) Richard Thaler's comment was, that's very true and very interesting. Because you're committed. You've got the ticket. Right. You paid for it. Yeah. And, And that was the spark that caused him to realize, hey, we're making biases because of things we've already done. And that's what really started his kind of journey down that behavioral finance path. And at, almost at the same time, there was two um, academics in Israel, um, Amon Traversky and Daniel Kahneman, and they were talking about probabilities um, and how people skew probabilities and get things totally wrong. So one of the examples they give is, uh, let's say we've got a guy, his name is Mark, and he um, is very shy, 
reclusive, doesn't like to talk to people. My question to you would be, is he a mechanic or is he a librarian? Librarian. And you would you could be correct, yeah. right? But this is the whole probability thing, is that in the world, there are actually more mechanics than librarians. And there's plenty of shy mechanics out there. <laughs> yeah. So the probability is yep. that he is mechanic. And that's proving the point of probabilities and how we skew things based on the framing and references in our head. We think librarians are typically shy people, but there might be some very outgoing ones. Like uh, we stereotype them. Big, exactly right. So that's one of the, the examples we like to show people is, you know, we tend to frame things in the way we see the world. And of course, everyone's got different points of view. Um, but there are some common cognitive errors we make. And this is where the whole behavioral finance thing comes in. It's probabilities. And the bias is that we sometimes don't even know we have until someone points it out to us. And even then we might dis disregard that information anyway. Um, so there's a couple here that we've collected over the years that that um, we, we like to comment on. So one of them is mental accounting. Uh, that's the first one. So what, what happens is um, people put different values based on subject criteria on mental accounts. Um, some categories are worth more than others. So for example... Um, some people make financial decisions based on getting a tax refund, birthday money, insurance claims, or bonus payments. Uh, they, they typically use this money. Um, it, like, for example, when you get a pay raise, most people will spend it rather than Save saving it. more. Yeah. That's, that's one of them. Another example with mental accounting is we tend to put money into jars. So, for example, let's say you have a $10,000 vacation account, but now you have a $10,000 repair on your house. Um, you don't want to tap the vacation account that could easily pay for that. So you take out money from your IRA and get a withdrawal penalty and pay taxes because you want to leave the vacation money alone. So it's a bad financial decision, but the mental accounting that we do, we put money in jars, gives us that that cognitive bias. Sure. Yeah. Um, There's well, this book I'm listening to called Dollars and Cents. I was mentioning it to John before. And it's interesting because one of the topics is very similar. It talks about... Um, how you portray your income. So if you tell somebody they're going to make $25 an hour, they think automatically they're more poor than if you would tell them they're going to make $50,000 annually. So when you Which is what $25 an hour is, I right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Might have 20 and is 40, lost, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, yeah. You view it differently. Yeah, so all if you tell somebody you're going to make 50,000 annually, they automatically are saying, "Okay, I can start saving, I can do this, I can do this and this and this." Whereas if you say, "No, you're going to make 25 an hour," all of a sudden it's a different mindset. You are like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to have that much. Yeah. So it goes into a, um, a totally thing where you start valuing and think differently. Behavioral finance. Yes. And all it of can serve. Well, for, well, emotions play into our decisions too, mm -hmm. and that we can make bad decisions based off of knee jerk emotions. Look at how volatile the market can be, how we react to that. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's, that's another one is called loss aversion, is that people would rather not have to sell, say, a stock that's performing poorly to realize a loss because emotionally they can't handle the fact that they lost. Um, they'd rather hold a loser um, and, and sell a gainer. Like something that's doing well, they'll sell that to feel good but keep the loser because they don't want to realize a loss. So they call it risk loss aversion. You're kind of rationalizing your decision too. Yes. Well, yes. I made this decision and I, don't, I almost don't want to admit I made a mistake. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and that can pertain. There's another one that's called endowment um, biases. In other words, it's typical and, and it's a sensitive topic where people inherit a stock from a loved one and 
They don't want to give up that stock, even though it might not be doing well for them because they have an endowment. They got it from someone very special and they, they cannot disconnect the two, the emotion of the inherited position and the poor performing stock. Is this where you need an advisor like yes. you guys <laughs> to step in and say, listen, strip the emotion away, make a smart decision. Yeah. Right. Look at how we are with sports. Right. Oh, yeah. When you guys let when you guys were coming in and Bob and Colleen were leaving, we we're just talking about the Bucks they're playing tonight. The it's game seven, right? Emotions are involved with sports and sometimes you make a bad decision based off of emotions. Mm-hmm. And there's another one called the hurt mentality. So we typically as human beings follow trends. We we like being popular and being associated with others, which is great for some things, um, but for others it can be very dangerous, you know. Oh, Oh, we got to get this dot com stock like back in the early 2000s because dot coms are going to be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or it might be, um, I'd say the dot com is typically one of them, but one of them is if a restaurant is very popular, everyone's going to the restaurant, they'll avoid the empty restaurant, even though it might take them hours to get a seat. It could be the empty restaurant actually has better food than the popular one, but because everyone's there, everybody wants to be there. <laughs> Almost a catch-22. You see that empty restaurant, you figure there's a reason it's empty. It can't be that good yeah. or... It would be full. Oh, I'm definitely guilty of that for sure. I am too. <laughs> I would definitely go to the more po- the one that's packed. I even, would do that, even though you got to wait I in line, right? Yeah. yeah, that behavioral finance, but also behavioral everything in life. It, yeah. It's how we react to things. But boy, you can make some bad decisions, John. That could affect your future, your right. retirement. Right. Absolutely. You know, we're dealing with numbers. We're dealing with probabilities. We're dealing with a lot of variables in the financial markets. We're dealing with people's retirement funds. Um, but we're also dealing with people that they make emotional rest, irrational decisions sometimes. Yeah, we're human. Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody makes mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. We've only, we got about a minute before we break, but summing up this behavioral finance, what are your recommendations? What can we do to kind of step outside the box and make a rational decision? Right. Is, is work with an advisor. You know, you've saved your money your entire life. You've worked hard. Don't let your emotions get in the way of making really good financial decisions. It can be very tough because emotions are powerful things. And what I like to do with my clients is remind them of the retirement goals, remind them of the why. Why are we doing this? Why do we have this money where it is? And, you know, making sure that we're making the right decisions so that your emotions, your cognitive biases that you're not even aware that you have are not getting in the way. Uh, that's a good point. Your last line. We might not even be aware we have these. Mm-hmm. They're just, you're making that emotional decision and uh, it might not be the right one. To reach out to the Kowal Investment Group, several ways to do that. The Kowalway.com. Their phone number, 262 262- 522-4040, In fact, I'm going to open up phone lines here too. We are live in studio up until 11 o'clock with your host, John White and Marie McFarlane. If you've got a retirement-related question or want to react to something, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open, 414-799-1130. Aaron's coming up with the Boss Minute, and then we're going to get back to talking with Marie and John in just a moment. Here on WISM Milwaukee and WIBA Madison. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. When it comes to buying and selling businesses, deal volume is not back at pre-pandemic levels yet. 
And while a pandemic may seem like a strange time to buy, some entrepreneurs, more specifically baby boomers, are jumping on opportunities. Currently, boomers make up 41% of small businesses or franchise owners. Although plenty of small businesses owned by baby boomers were hit hard, there is also a large cohort of boomer businesses that have used the pandemic and record low interest rates as opportunities to expand. According to a recent survey by Biz Buy Sell, 30% of buyers are baby boomers. Many of these older business owners entered the pandemic with more of a financial cushion than their younger counterparts, and that cushion is allowing them to buy in a bullish market. In addition to business owners who are doing well and looking to expand, there is another emerging group of buyers, baby boomers who are formerly corporate employees. The pandemic forced many to rethink their lives, either because of layoffs, forced early retirement, or rethinking priorities. This pushed many to turn to business ownership as a way to earn a living. There are many industries in which small businesses performed well throughout the pandemic, such as liquor stores, home improvement businesses, e-commerce sites, medical businesses, manufacturers, distributors, and more. If the pandemic forced you into an early retirement you're not ready for, or if you're a business owner who believes your business may have the opportunity to expand, now may be the perfect time to take those next steps. If you need assistance, give our office a call at 262-522-4040 or visit us at thekowalway.com. That's Aaron Kowal with today's Boss Minute. That's an acronym, Boss Business Owners Savings and Security. John White and Marie McFarland are hosting the Retirement Clinic. Welcome back here in WISN. Anna Madison, you're listening on WIBA. Now, a few topics to get to. John started the show with behavioral finance. With regards to retirement, Marie's going to take this one, saving to spending. Yeah, the mind shift from saving to spending. I thought it would tie in well with what John was um, discussing about behavioral finance. And we've noticed this um, with our clients, I would say that majority of individuals who have done a great job saving for retirement have a hard time spending their retirement. And so well, I'm, I, I, I'm the opposite. Yeah, that's what I think too. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, like, I'll help you. Right. <laughs> I'd have no problem spending that money. I think I, there's a behavioral finance part of this too. Yeah. I yeah. work so hard for this. Yes. I don't want to just go out and blow it. Yep. And when we think of us as advisors, there is definitive, an individual is either a saver or a spender. Like it's usually, and most couples have one of each. Um, and so it is definitely a mind shift where they really do have to work hard to spend if they tend to be the saver. Um, so I'm going to kind of go into like an overview of just let's reminisce. Um, and for us, we're still working. So think about our current lives. Um, but I would say most good savers are not very good at spending. And so let's think of when you were back working. So those who have already retired, you spent your whole life penny pinching and making conscious choices of whether to spend or save. And you may have let go of the dream home and kept the starter home, right? That's a decision that some people make. You may have taken the family camping or I'll call glamping like we did instead of the all-inclusives. What, what's what's glamping? The glamping glamour, is like yeah, glamour actually camping? Have, yeah, you have the uh, RV with air conditioning. Granite countertops. <laughs> 
a 50 and flat screen and back. Yeah. That's not camping, but, Marie. No, it's not. But my parents made us sleep in the tent. So that's, funny. <laughs> that's camping. I like camping. I enjoyed it. Um, but you made the decision to right, to go camping instead of taking the all-inclusives to save money for retirement. Um, all those little sacrifices that you might have made to make sure that you had the retirement of your dreams. And now I want to challenge people to start thinking, asking themselves, are you living the retirement that you deserve? The one you dreamt of when you were back working and had the anxiety of work and the one you sacrificed for. And majority of the time, people most likely aren't. Meaning they fall short of their dreams? Yeah, they're they're just not spending enough to... Well, they're not equating what they sacrificed before and spending it now. They still have that anxiety when, about taking money out. About taking money out and spending it. They yeah. feel bad, in other words, even though yep. they have it, Marie. Correct. You know, Jeff talks a lot about retirement, leaving it to your for your heirs, too. Yep. Leaving your kids some money. Now, some people may approach it as, I work for it. I'm spending this. Yeah. But, I mean, you can approach it either way. You know, yeah. kids are going to say, can you save a little bit for us? <laughs> Which, don't listen to them. No. <laughs> it's your money. Yeah, it is. And I think this is a very unique situation. Um, I did see uh, Fidelity Investments had did a survey in 2020, and they say most Americans won't be able to have the problem of not spending enough because 46% of Americans are at risk of not being able to even cover their living expenses with the retirement they saved. Yeah. I, it's almost always right around 50% that yep. you hear the number of Americans just don't have enough for retirement. They don't do the proper planning. Yep. And so I think that's an important thing to point out because oftentimes I'm sure John gets this too, as advisors were asked, how are we doing? How are we doing? You know, do I have enough? What have, what do I have compared to others? And that stat right there should tell you you've done a great job saving. <laughs> yeah, and this is a national thing. You know, the headlines over the last few months have been inflation, inflation. It's everywhere. Look at lumber prices. Look at copper prices. Look at commodities. Um, but one of the things that people aren't thinking about is the opposite of inflation, which is deflation. In other words, a general drop in prices. And what we're seeing with the baby boomers is they're not spending as much as everyone thought they would in retirement. And, um, you know, as the as the millennial generation takes over and t comes into these jobs, um, they're spending more than boomers are. Mm -hmm. um, and that's interesting to me because that is a deflationary force. I think yeah. it's the way the boomers were raised, though, too. You right. Know, you got to remember what the era they grew up in, more of a penny pinching yeah. type of family, probably. Especially because their parents were the ones that That's right. like ingrained that in them. Coming out of the Depression and World War II. Yep. And then they're born. So they're, yeah, that's interesting. Everybody's got a different approach. But I think guilt plays into it. Yeah. So what are the reasons why people don't spend? I think fear of running out is probably the most significant. Um, and that goes back to working with an advisor, working with us that can help you understand what does that look like? You know, what is too much? Like how much is too much to spend? Um, and then also fear of other expenses that you maybe haven't planned for. So medical expenses or the unknown, I should say, just truly, these are the expenses that I never thought of that could hit me. Um, and then you mentioned being able to save some for the kids. That's a true thing. Like People are, they have a number in their mind that they want to give to their kids. Um, and I'd always caution that, right? Because maybe it isn't in the best interest of the kids to inherit that much. You you don't know. Well, it depends. Um, You're exactly right. Yeah. It's the responsibility of having X amount of money. In some cases, it's a lot. Yeah. And then sometimes if you do inherit a big chunk, maybe it's devalued to some extent. You don't 
you know, live life as the way you would if you didn't. Um, and then a lot of times people are retaining the accumulation mindset. And I've seen this before where you retire, but in your mind, you said, I'm going to say 5 million. My goal was to hit 5 million before I retired. And maybe you didn't hit it. And do you still have that mindset? You want to hit 5 million, even though you're retired and you've had to switch from making an income to taking income. Yeah. Um, so that's another reason um, it's hard for individuals. If, if to... both spouses are retired, you're not funding anything anymore. You're right. not, ma- there's no income coming in. So that, that you're making some interest, right? But that pot of gold, your retirement fund, is slowly dwindling. I get, I get the the guy that says I fear of running out. Yep, we're living longer too, Marie. Correct, we're definitely living longer. But again, working with us um, as your advisors, we can project as as best we can, right? Um, what that could look like in the future, and help you be more optimistic when it comes to taking money out and really shifting the mindset of oh my goodness, I have no money coming in. I can't go work for it. Instead, you've already done that, right? You've already had the anxiety of work. You've already had dealing with all those stressors. Now let us handle the stress of your money and start taking income out. You paid your dues. Yes. Um, the one interesting thing, so I, uh, kind of what John was mentioning before, the loss aversion, like making sure we don't lose. Um, the same book I was listening to dollars and cents reading, it's been a a very eye opening experience, but one of them was called the dead man investment strategy. And it's kind of morbid, but essentially I want to hear this I know fidelity investments. I I noticed you say the book you listen to you're so your audio book kind of person, aren't you? I have a long commute now. Yeah. So I listen. Yeah. When I'm in my car, I just podcasts and audio books are tremendous. I do enjoy. I know John does the same thing. You listen all the time. Don't turn off WISN. Agreed. But if you were to, (laughs) it's kind of cool listening to audio books. It is nice. So um, it's the dead man investment strategy. So what they found is that the best investors were the ones that just didn't make rash decisions when things were going on. And it happened to be most of the time they died and forgot about their accounts. And so they never made investment decisions. And so it kind of goes back to what John was mentioning before is that um, handing that off to an advisor who can take the emotion, you know, they detach from the money side of it and are able to make rash decisions when um, drastic things are going on in the economony that can trigger those. Uh, oh, a little over a year ago, COVID hit. Yes. Markets plunged, right? Some people panicked. Yeah. Some people got out of the market. Yep. Big mistake. Yes. Um, and they luckily, went straight back up, didn't they? Yeah. And probably put in at the top. Yeah. Which, yep. Yeah. You can't time that for sure. Um, so, another area. So how can you help? Like what ways can you help? Well, obviously working with an advisor who can say, okay, here's what spending could look like for you. Here's the top of the bucket that you can spend. Here's the least amount I would spend. And here's the in-between. Also, they mentioned buckets. So having buckets of money set up in your mind or you don't have to have separate accounts. I prefer an Excel spreadsheet and I'll talk about my boyfriend, Josh. He's obsessed with this, but he has buckets where this is titled for this and this is for this and this is for this. And so it works. Buckets of money. Yeah. So like if you are worried so about vacation. long-term care, right, or a long-term care expense, okay, this 200000 is set aside in our you know Excel spreadsheet or maybe it's a separate account for long-term care and I don't touch it because it's for long-term Wait, care. Wait, is your boyfriend in finance like you are? No, he's not. Oh, he's not? He flips home. So, oh, but wow. He, but he enjoys saving money. Well, that's <laughs> I good, like to spend it. That's so. a good thing, Marie. 
Okay, the, the whole thing, saving to spending. It's yeah. really and John, you can chime in chime in here too. Any thoughts on this? Because I, I first off, you work, that's your money. And if you want to spend and enjoy some of the fruits of your labor, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If yeah. you're doing it out of, in an out of control way, that's a different story. Yeah, you know, recklessly. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, the interesting thing about COVID is obviously people's plans were dashed last year. How many clients wanted to go to Europe? How many clients wanted to travel? And it was all put on hold. And this year we're seeing, you know, concerts sell out, everything sell out, anything that people can get together and have a good old time. And so we're seeing this pent up demand for cruise liners and, and you know, people want to get out again. Yeah. And and it, maybe those people that were holding back have now realized, hey, you know what? Um, I want to have some fun. It's you know? not just they want to get out. They are now, it's happening. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Just look around. I mean, Bucks games, right? Mm-hmm. Full arenas. Uh, 100% capacity. Tonight, the big game against the Nets in New York. Uh, I was just going to say Miller Park again. AmFam Field will be for the next home game when they come back from Colorado. They will be at 100% capacity. Wow. Restaurants open. We're back, kind of back almost entirely to normal. Yep. So are we traveling to Europe as much as we were? Probably not quite not there yet. yet. Yeah. But it's it's opening back up, Marie. So we're spending some of this money again. Yep. And I think that's a great point because when we look at retirement spending, most of the time um, you'll spend more when you first retire. And so this is kind of a similar situation, right? We withheld money because of something we never expected. And now we're going to, you know, the pent up demand spend probably more than we did um, for the past few years. But it makes sense. And that's something that we can help you plan with. Um, and as, as I was mentioning before, is most people will spend in the first few, like maybe 5, 10, 12 years of retirement because you're able to travel. You're able to do those things that you weren't able to do while you were working. Yeah, when you're 90, who knows? One thing you can't predict is health. What may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. And it's not pleasant to think about, but I know medical bills is, I think, the num- still the number one cause of personal bankruptcy. Is medical bills. Mm-hmm. They just get out of control and it's very expensive. Uh, we have to break. That was an incredible segment following John's incredible segment. Two good things. We are going to change things up. We're not doing the sexy segment today. We've got a, something else planned for you today. Uh, after the break, we need to break right now on WISN and WIBA in Madison to reach out and talk to one of the many advisors like John White, like Marie McFarland at the Coal Investment Group. Their phone number, 262-522-4040. Give them a call, 262-522-4040, or check them out online. And all that uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter is on the website, thekowalway.com. Thekowalway.com. We'll be right back. We are back with the Retirement Clinic. We're on WISN every Saturday and WIBA in Madison. Thanks for joining us on this Father's Day weekend with John White and Marie McFarland, both in studio, hosting the show. Locations in Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, and in Racine, the Kowal Way 
Com. We've talked about behavioral finance. We talked about saving to spending. The topic that Marie did I thought was really good. It, I, I've got so much to say on that, but there's only so much time. And it's not my show, it's yours. So I'm going to shut up. <laughs> you want to talk about spousal IRAs, John. Yeah, you know, we're talking about um, spending money in retirement. Well, obviously, you got to save your money to spend it. And on that note, um, you know, we we're talking about audiobooks before. I would recommend one here called The Millionaire Next Door. It's a really good book. It was written back in the 1990s, but it's very pertinent to today because what the book is trying to get across is um, just by making modest changes in your lifestyle and, and just basically, you know, like one less Starbucks or whatever, you know, that kind of mentality. Um, and saving that money can really get you ahead. And so, we did the math on the Starbucks one day. We were talking two thousand yeah. a year. Oh yeah. Wow. If you buy that five dollars Starbucks every day, well, yeah. five days a week, I think it was. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Yes. And absolutely. for so when you mentioned the Millionaire Next Door, I have heard of this book. I have not yet read it or listened to it, right. Marie, <laughs> uh, as an audiobook. Most of the true wealthy people in this country don't live in Beverly Hills or on Park Avenue. They live next door. Exactly. And, and they have a formula. And, and, and I'll admit, the book's a little dry at times because they're talking about statistics. But um, they have a formula that I have used just as a quick – if someone asked me, John, how much do I need to retire? And you've got three seconds to answer, <laughs> more or less. I would say take your age, take your current age, times that age by your pre-tax salary before taxes. Okay. And then divide that by 10. And take away any inherited wealth. Wait, let's go over this again. Take your age. Yep. All right, pick 50. Just let's say 50-year-old. You got your calculator, Marie? Yep. Okay, Okay. 50-year-old man. A 50-year-old man making what? 100,000? 100,000. And then divide that by 10. So 5 million divided by 10. 500,000. There you go. Right, so a 50-year-old should hopefully have... At least 500,000. At least 500,000, hopefully. At that age. At that age. Not at retirement, at 50. Yes. So it's at the point in time in life that you are. So there's a quick formula. Is it a catch-all? No, but it's a good indicator of where you should probably be. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of rules of thumbs in your industry in retirement, but everybody's different, John. Right. Mm -hmm. What what Jeff Kowal might have in his retirement account which I'm sure is a lot more than I do. <laughs> Makes Not sense. as much as I do. Let's and, be honest. Well, you know, <laughs> Sorry, every, Jeff. That's everybody's different. Everybody's lifestyle is different, right? right? Jennifer Aniston has a lot more money than I do, right? right? Well, so she lives a different lifestyle. She's mm-hmm. in California living in a mansion. I, I live in Cedarburg. But that's my life. I like it. I just want to be happy and have enough to enjoy retirement. Right. And, you know, a customized plan because it's not a one size fits all is really important. And having those discussions about what spending in retirement looks like. And, of course, the saving aspect of this is there's spousal IRAs out there that people can use. Not everyone has a 401k plan. Um, And so when you're working and you don't have an employer plan, what else is out there? Especially if your others, if your spouse is not working, what do you what do you do? Um, so you can contribute up to $6,000 per year uh, in 2021 to an IRA for yourself. And let's say your spouse is not working. You can contribute $6,000 for your spouse as well. The important things to remember is when you do that, it's not going to go into one big IRA. It's going to go into his or her IRA. Six in each. So six in, in one, six in another? Correct. Okay. Now, if you're older than 50, you get the extra $1,000 catch up. So now it's 7000 Remember, this is all tax deductible. So you can take this off the top line of your taxes because they're going into an IRA. Now, you can put it into a Roth as well. It works for a Roth too. 
Um, but I think a lot of people just forget that this is even out there, that this is an option. Right, right. Um, so just just be aware that... Is your point here, John, that we it's you're catching up? There's ways to catch up? Yes. And, and the fact that, uh, you know, people just assume, oh, everyone's got 401k plans. What are you talking about? A lot of people don't. <laughs> and some lost that match during COVID, during right. the pandemic. Now that came back for many companies, but not all. Right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. And even if you do max out your 401k at work, you can still put into an IRA. Now, whether it's tax deductible at that point becomes questionable, depends. There are rules around that. Um, also, you have to keep in mind with income limits with Roths. There are income limits in place that can stop you from contributing. Um, there's lots of little nuances in, to these rules. So best talk with an advisor, make sure that we're getting the right information to you. And I think um, yeah. not, to, but the maxing out 401ks, I've noticed a lot of times people think maxing out is the employer, the employer match max. Let's so, say, uh, you mean the match? Yeah. So if they match, let's just say 3%. Yep. And sometimes people get in their head that that's the max they can do, but the max is actually nineteen thousand five hundred, and the catch up I think is twenty six thousand. Uh, so twenty six thousand is the max. Yeah. 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 So you, the max is a lot higher, most likely than the employer oh, yeah. match, and so you really have a lot of opportunity to put more into. You, you, you sh- the as much as you can afford, you should really take advantage of that. 401k plan. Yep. And they also usually have Roth options in the 401k plans. Let's now stick as well. in a question or two waiting on hold and we'll try to answer their questions. We've got some time here in the retirement clinic on WISN and WIBA. It is hosted today by John White and Marie McFarland from the Kowal Investment Group. We go to Wauwatosa. Good morning, Al. Hey, good morning. You know, I'm intrigued by that formula you guys just sent out. I, I hadn't heard about that before. See, we got people um, doing the math now in their heads. I know they are because I did it myself when you were talking. This. Don't do it and drive. I, I, think that's a, I think that's an excellent perspective. My question for you is, does that include like any equity that you might have in real estate? Or that's strictly like stock and uh, 401k and Roth and things like that? Yeah, that excludes equity in your house. Um, when we do a financial plan for clients, we don't include equity in a house because at the end of the day, you got to live somewhere. We definitely take note of it as an asset, but we're not going to be using that equity for the plan um, unless a client specifically says so uh, for some special reason or another. Um, but very good question. Yeah, so we would say most liquid assets. Okay, very good. I was very interested in that, and, and I appreciate your uh advice so to speak there's also the rule of 72 you know there's all these things out there that we do the one that you ran through john is it's easy to do the numbers i mean pull out your phone like marie did mm-hmm. grab the calculator and see That's it at least I did. you yeah. did the same al see we have all these people yeah. in the audience doing it. and it tells you if you're on track yep and, and keep in mind, that's not saying, you know, that's most likely living the same lifestyle you're currently living. That's not taking it a step and traveling, you know, taking $25,000 trips every year. So keep that in mind, too, that that's a, you know, at the time that you're doing that, it's the lifestyle you're used to at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you... Barometer. Yes. It is, yeah. Al. You're right. Thank you for the call. Um, Thanks, Al. And that was a, he made a good point. It's a good barometer. We're all different. I don't know why I picked Jennifer Aniston as an example before. <laughs> Maybe it's because the remake of Friends is out or something. Did you ever watch that Marie? Yeah, to I missed that. Yeah. Is it? Like, I don't understand this remake. It, I it, didn't watch the reunion, but my sister said they cried, so apparently it was good. Of course they did. <laughs> they all cried. Apparently they're friends in real life. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. You know, they were the first sitcom where everybody made the same sound. They each made a million per, per episode. Hmm. 
back, interesting. I mean, back when they did the show, that was a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it's just a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I think Seinfeld made a lot more than that in his sitcom. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. Thank you, Al, for the question. And more questions if you want to reach out to the Koal Investment Group. You just call them. Their phone number is 262-522-4040 or thekoalway.com on the web. We'll be right back with John White and Marie McFarland. I'm Paul Kronforst on WISN and WIBA. You used to say, live and let live. know you did, you know you did, you know you did. But if this ever changing world. Have people figured out the theme? All right, when Jeff does a show or he has a guest, we pick out bumper music, right? John White talked to, was it a relative? Yeah, it's my sister-in-law. And because of bonds, as in stocks and bonds, yeah. James Bond bumper music. Yeah. Brilliant. You know, she's asked, what kind of music should we play? She went, oh, James Bond. You know, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and and Marie and we were talking off the break. You're not a Bond I've never watcher. seen any of them. I will say this. I didn't. Like the old ones, you know, Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan. Now the newer ones, though. Is it Daniel Craig? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, they're good. Okay. Watch Casino Royale and tell Casino me if that's not a good Royale. movie. Okay. Casino Royale, you will love it. I'll put that on my it's list. It's a different vibe. It's a more modern feel. So okay. James Bond bumper music. Speaking of bonds and investments and stocks and retirement planning, as we wrap up today's show, Marie, we talked a lot from behavioral financing to that saving to spending, almost a guilt factor. Mm-hmm. And then this last, uh, the book that you said, The Millionaire Next Door, I thought that was interesting, Marie, mm-hmm. that the, uh, and maybe it's a generational thing as far as keeping up with the Joneses. Yes. So um, I think that's going to be an issue moving forward, right? Everything is so fast and at our fingertips to see, you know, what type of car somebody else has, what kind of house do they have, all of these things. Influencers, right? Yes. Like Kim Kardashian may influence somebody to go out and buy a $2,000 pair of shoes that they can't afford. Yes. She can, but if you can't, you shouldn't buy them. Correct. So I think it goes back to if you have had the... um, discipline to save for retirement you should be okay with spending two thousand dollars on shoes if that's if that brings you joy right it might not bring you joy the way marie i've got else. trouble spending 50 bucks on a <laughs> pair of nikes or whatever I, mean, I, I look at them like really they're 50 now and then they're summer 70 summer 80 i just kind of a tightwad that way apparently tennis shoes the price of tennis shoes went up quite rapidly did they really yeah i've heard of that but um so going back to planning <laughs> i would say um you know, work with us and have us go through what's the most you could spend and still feel confident, but also, you know, making sure that you're living the lifestyle you enjoy and really keeping in mind that you worked hard to have the retirement you want and you really deserve to keep it that you way. You do. Don't be guilt or don't feel guilt about that, John. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've worked hard. Think about all those times that you got paid and the money went into the 401k and, and you know, you were stressed out of work. Like, think back in those days and, and then don't feel guilt for having a good old time. Life is too like, short yeah. for that. Okay. You know, and if you want to leave it to your heirs, fine. You can do that. Charity, charitable contributions mm-hmm. uh, are in, and it's about working with a planner. And we've said it often throughout this show. 
maybe you don't know how to do it, but planners, that's what financial advisors do. Mm-hmm. We take the emotion out of it for you. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't buy those $2,000. I could never spend that much on shoes. Me neither. You know, they got the Jordan shoes. Doesn't Giannis have shoes? Spencer, he's got his own line. And these kids are paying like 500 bucks for tennis shoes. That's insane. I cut the grass in them. They get all green and dirty anyway. I, just, <laughs> I don't take care of them. Anyway, uh, we'll wrap up the show by giving out the phone number. And reach out to the Kowal Investment Group, 262-522-4040, WIBA Madison, WISM Milwaukee. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Have a great Saturday. Happy Father's Day. Yep. Happy Father's Day, all. On behalf of John White and Marie McFarlane, I'm Paul Cronforst on WISN.